It's more about can you help them achieve the thing that they want to be able to achieve? And the way to, to do that, to really get people in to your clinic, was to essentially help tell stories based around these transformations. This idea that you can map out a journey for them where they, they see the steps taking place in terms of being in pain and how that can then, that's not the end of the road. They're not stuck there. And then paint this picture of them over here. Good afternoon and welcome to the Biology of Business. I'm Kate Markland and today we have the absolute pleasure of being joined from Scotland by Colin Gordon. Good afternoon, Colin. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hi. Hi, Kate. How are you doing? It's really a pleasure to be on and have the opportunity to have a chat with you about, uh, let's see, what is it we are selling when it comes to marketing our clinics and perhaps where people are getting it wrong and making life harder for themselves. Do people lie awake at night thinking that they would like to buy physiotherapy in the way they might think about that they would like to buy a new car or book a holiday? Certainly not in my experience. It's, I mean, even like when I've hurt myself. I mean, in fact, I remember I was one night I was in bed, rolled over and got woken up by just an ex and sharp pain in my back. And so this is, it's not, it was pre-internet, really, or mass internet, but I wasn't looking for a physiotherapy as such. I'm just looking for somebody to get rid of my back pain. This just searing pain that I have got, basically, not really back pain, it was sort of static type thing. And so somebody had just rammed a needle right into my bum. It's just shocking, but it's not, you know, so that's what I wanted. I wanted somebody to take that away and that's not physiotherapy. I'm not looking for that. So at that time, you're still good yellow pages and what have you. So in some respects, I'm not really saying what I'm trying to say here. So you are looking through physiotherapists and osteopaths and chiropractors in the yellow pages because you know, that's where they're listed. But that's not what I'm wanting. I'm wanting somebody who can take that pain away and transform my life back to normal. Uh, because I just, I couldn't sit down. Even standing and walking around was painful. And I, it was just, you know, the one thought in my mind was not to, it wasn't that I was looking for a physiotherapist as such. I'm just looking for somebody who deals with back pain. And it was really as simplistic as that. And in yellow pages and what have you, that is what you're going to see back, especially back then, because we're talking 25 years ago. Uh, but I was looking for somebody who dealt with back pain. That was kind of what I was looking for. But you kind of, you know that you're going to have to look under, I suppose because we're going back 25 years or so. You're looking in the yellow pages. You do know where you're going to look. We fast forward to today, where nobody uses yellow pages anymore, really. If you start talking about physiotherapy on something like Facebook, people are just going to go right past it because it's just not going to register with them. 
because as far as you know physiotherapies it's kind of a an abstract concept it's just probably i know i kind of know what a physio does uh, but what's that to me it's it doesn't tell me how they're going to necessarily help me and whether i should actually pay any attention to that person who is then talking about physiotherapy uh, because it doesn't relate to me there's nothing that they're talking about invariably that talks about the problems that I have. They're just talking about what they do and the amazing techniques that they use and the fact that they're evidence-based or that they do manual therapy or the, none of these things matter. Especially certainly to the person who is in pain and wants to, especially have been in pain for a long time, they're not interested in what you do. It's kind of got not, it's nothing to do with them. It's like not really bothered about what you do. It's more what's in it for me rather than this kind of story about, you know, your education and the amazing techniques that you use and however you base your treatment on. How are you going to help me get from where I am now to what it is I want to be able to do in the future? Uh, that, I think, is where people are missing out on things. It's the, but I kind of get it because why, they've not been told how to market themselves properly. Nobody's instructed them how to market themselves. So your background is as a sports therapist mm -hmm. and also as a clinic owner. Yeah. So at some point, having been, on the, having been the person in pain looking for help, you then became the provider of help yeah. and had to figure out, well, if I'm not selling sports therapy, physiotherapy, osteopathy, chiropractic, what am I actually selling? Yeah, that, that was really kind of, for me, became a bit of a journey. Uh, when I opened my practice up, having gone from, you know, just the usual renting space in somebody else's clinic and what have you, it was, it was a... It was a rocky road to get a steady stream of people in because I was making the same mistake as everybody else. I was, you know, like uh, I was talking about all the normal bits and pieces about, you know, I, as people will do about the fact that I will give you this exercise and it'll do this. And I, I was far too technical in how I was talking. And then I think the, the big transformation for me or turning point, light bulb more, whatever you want to call it, would be when we met actually when we were on something. That was mastermind. And he was, he was the guy that can introduce me to the whole aspect of the storytelling and the need to communicate that you understood the problems that the person was facing, but also more about the how you could, you were selling the transformation rather than the actual process of, you know, because the, the, the what happened in the clinic situation, see, it kind of doesn't really matter too much in terms of that initial contact with a person. It's more about can you help them achieve the thing that they want to be able to achieve. And the way to, to do that, to really get people in to your clinic, was to essentially help tell stories based around these transformations. This idea that you can map out a journey for them where they 
they see the steps taking place in terms of being in pain and how that can then, that's not the end of the road. They're not stuck there. And then paint this picture of them over here where it's not that they're no longer in pain. And that was the thing I think, I'm sure that Paul kind of really drove home was that it's not so much that they're not in pain anymore. It's that certainly in terms of how he was talking about it with his clinic base was these, People in their 50s, 60s, 70s were able to play with their grandkids again. Free of, yes, they were free of the pain, but it was more that they could play with their grandkids without, they could get down on the floor, they could play with the youngsters, they could kick a football in the garden. That was what you're selling. It was telling those stories about the transformation, perhaps, in clients and patients, whatever you want to call them, and how they ended up there. And painting that picture of a future that wasn't one that was compromised by whatever it was the person was suffering from at the time. Uh, that then, basically, I just sort of took that, ran with it a bit, kind of got it wrong. It was a bit too technical still, even though I was trying to tell these sort of pictures, but then gradually got into the whole storytelling aspect of it. And really just ran away at that point in time. It definitely meant that I went from, because I was struggling to sell sports therapy because no, I mean, I think up here it isn't understood as well because there aren't as many sports therapists. Down south, there seems to be a lot more sports therapists. People can understand what it is you're talking about. But even so, that, that, that's kind of by the by. I was struggling to sell sports therapy, which sort of comes back to what we're saying. But when I started looking at it from the idea of I wasn't selling me, I was selling the dream that suddenly started connecting with people uh, through Facebook ads, little, sto little stories within Facebook ads. That would then, they would sort of look up at the Facebook page, probably just because I was running ads, and then the ads would probably they would end up looking at it. They'd see the ad, would end up looking at the Facebook page, they would see some information in there, probably go back to the ad, take the download, get onto the email list. The email list would then start telling them the stories that I wanted them to see that you know, they weren't going to be stuck where they were and paint that picture of a brighter future for them. Uh, before you know it, you've got a steady stream of people contacting you. might take some time, but it got a flow going that... And then I realized that, you know, that, that was it. It was not about, you know, you're not selling, again, rehab. You're selling their future yeah. to them. Yeah. And, and I see many clinic owners that are thinking, oh, I'm going to go do some Facebook ads or I'm going to go and put some, I don't know, well, Facebook ads or Google ads. But they yeah. haven't actually figured out what they're selling and what it is that people are looking for, first of all, yeah. which can just mean that you jump from shiny penny to shiny penny without actually having any strategy. Now you mentioned earlier in the conversation how the professional title is quite an abstract concept. Yeah, it in a sense it doesn't mean anything. I mean, great example would be me, a sports therapist, uh, and yet you know I would be I would be called a physio all the time, and it got to the point where for all you know I could not put that on any literature out there for fear of falling foul of the <laughs> governing body and what have you. And I appreciate it as a protected title and whatnot. But 
people just call me a physio. And I got to the point where I just stopped correcting them because it's like, what's it? And it's a title. It really matters. It doesn't matter. So people don't really differentiate between who it is you are in your professional title. Uh, it's so that I suppose that's a great example of how it is really pretty abstract for them. You're just the guy or woman or whoever that they go and see that helps them with their problem. So that means that it kind of doesn't matter what you call yourself in a sense. And you're in some respects, you're actually probably better to not call yourself by your professional title. I would actually suggest that you kind of almost drop it in a lot of what you're talking about. Uh, and you become the person that deals with your chosen market. Your, you know, I really kind of got into more dealing with lower body injuries were my kind of speciality, you might say. Uh, so I kind of became the guy to go and see with knee, ankle type issues, or any lower body type stuff. Uh, and that's kind of where, so I became that sort of person. And that was the guy that you could go and see. It would help you deal with that. It would get you back running again. It would get you back playing sport rather than being a sports therapist, which, you know, can you, well, it was. It's like esoteric title that means nothing. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting for people listening to understand because so many practitioners struggle with, well, what is it? What am I? What am I? Who do I help? What am I selling? Without actually recognizing that it is an abstract concept to the person buying. And yes, your professional title appeals to sort of an authoritarian system, but it doesn't tell the person that's in pain right now that you are the right one to help them. And you're dependent on what their perception is of, let's run with physiotherapy, or what their neighbour's perception is Ooh. of physiotherapy or the person at running club. And that can be completely different from what you actually do. <laughs> yeah, it is so true. You kind of want to... To my way of thinking, and well, it's not really just mine. I something I've learned. I'm not going to be the person that's like, oh, I came up with this idea. No, no, it's been around for a while. You, it's almost like you want to be saying, I help X group deal with Y problem and remove X, Y, and Z obstacles so that they can get back to doing. So, it, it, if you get that where you become the person, the clinic, and it is almost, even if it's a clinic, you're still staying within like the person because whoever you are, you're kind of the face of that brand. You help these people achieve this by removing these problems that they've faced in the past by using your methodology so that they can achieve the outcome that it is the desire. Uh, it doesn't really matter what it is, but that's the sort of, if you can get that out of yourself, what is you, who you help and what it is they want to achieve and then how they've maybe had issues in the past and not achieved it because of X, Y, and Z. So you're removing those problems for them. You kind of get those in the right sequence. Then... That's what you're selling. You're selling your ability to take them from point A to point B. And 
everything that you then talk about is about crafting your message around that and just creating little stories uh, that cover the same, probably four or five different things all the time. But because you're constantly sort of using a different uh, gate, door, whatever you want to call it, to open that lesson, it doesn't become boring. Uh, so that's something I hear quite often, you obviously do, it's from other clinic owners, that they're worried if they define their niche and they don't say that they help everybody under the sun, that they will get bored and, well, I've got to, you know, but, uh, but it's, it's a fear of boredom rather than a reality. And I mean, there are some elements of running a business that just need to occur. And I'm yeah. not. I mean, that's it. It's like you, and the thing is, in terms of that idea of it being boring, I mean, certainly from a personal perspective, once I realized that it was, it was a, it was this kind of subset of a group of people that I liked working with the most, it no longer was boring because I loved working with everybody that came in. Mm. It didn't matter that the problems were all very similar. Every person is different. The pathways, I suppose, I mean, you're, one of the things that it does do is it makes it easier. We're not really talking about marketing here, I suppose, in some ways, but if you kind of get this, it kind of does mean that you can template out your treatment process in that it makes it both kind of easier and more interesting because you can kind of speed sections of it up and make it easier to see where somebody may have a problem. So you can really specialize in on where their issue is, which then makes it, I suppose it, makes it easier to make it uh, more bespoke for the person. Uh, so I never really found that it was that much of a problem. But it, if we come back to the kind of the, the marketing aspect of it, it makes it so much easier for crafting your story and then showing people that you can help them because you, you're not trying to, you're not talking about shoulder problems and neck problems and back problems. And although you might be because you might have a, a wider range, it might be that you want to work with, it's more of a demographic within terms of maybe age and, you know, activities. And you, you, so you're working with more, a broader range of injuries. Or you might be like me where it was like, I just actually really like dealing with lower body stuff. But that side of it doesn't matter too much. It's more about how you can then help craft your story and stories for the reader. And then you you can get your message across much more clearly. So regardless of whether you're a generalist from the point of view of you're dealing with a specific demographic, but you're quite happy to work with the whole body or whether you're narrowing down on a particular area, that bit kind of is almost detail. Uh, when it comes to crafting your story, because you can kind of use a lot of the same themes. I mean, you want to be really setting yourself apart by debunking the things that you think of as uh, rubbish within your industry. Within, you know, if, you, if you're an exercise-based person and really don't like manual therapy, then... There's nothing wrong with going all in on saying that you think manual therapy is rubbish and a waste of time and all this, because the right person will love that. Mm -hmm. It's irrelevant whether anybody agrees with it or not within your profession. 
the person that you're talking to, you know, maybe they don't like soft tissue techniques and other manual therapies and whatnot, but they will really get into, you know, exercise-based rehab. That's who you're going after. So you tell your stories around that. And then it, it then makes it easier to sort of, but you should be all constantly tapping into that side of things to reinforce it and be really contrarian about it. Kind of, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, you're getting it right is really what it comes down to in terms of your message. If your message makes you feel a little bit, maybe just a bit too, a bit too much, not like a whole lot too much, but a bit too much, then you've probably got it right on point. But that idea of just creating a story around the idea that this guru says this, and I think that is rubbish. It's a perfect one. I mean, to be honest, you could even use that essentially as a, an email. You might have seen this on, doesn't matter whether they've seen it or not. And you say, well, no, that's, that's absolute rubbish. And you no, know, this is why I do my way. My way is. I've got uh, two lovely examples that are springing to mind that take it away from the clinic setting to perhaps help the listeners think about how specific people are when they're looking for help. On Saturday evening, we'd gone, or Saturday, we'd gone for a long, long bike ride and we we're having a stir fry for dinner. And we wanted to get takeaway tempura prawns. Very specific. I wanted takeaway tempura prawns. After a long bite, I could make a quick stir fry, but I was not going to sit around making tempura prawns. And I wasn't looking for a restaurant. I was looking very specifically for takeaway tempura prawns. That was what was going to solve my problem. Nothing yeah. else was going to solve my problem. And, and yesterday, I was having a conversation with a lady who is looking for an old draper's table to be mm -hmm. an island unit in her kitchen. So she's not looking for any old furniture store or even any antique store. She's looking very specifically. And with the internet now, you can search that specifically for who's selling mm -hmm. bronze in your town, who's got an old draper's table. And, I, and I, I think this is part of it as well as the clinicians can be so in danger still talking to themselves and talking to their colleagues, mm -hmm. they forget how specific it is that people are searching for help with their problem, help with their finding the temporal prawns or their back pain or whatever it's they're specifically experiencing. Totally. It's it kind of, you, the more specific you get, the more dialed in you get, the easier it is to become, to put yourself in front of the people that you really want to work with who are dying to work with somebody like you. Mm -hmm. So if you get, your, get that, you, know, you become the temporal prawn specialist, in, in your area and you get this reputation because then you will get the reputation for being the temporary prone specialist. Mm. Uh, and you'll, I mean, it's a strange one in some respects as a clinic relying as everybody seems to want to on word of mouth marketing is a recipe for disaster because it's just, there's so much fluctuation within it and you need a constant flow. But at the same time, we want to generate word of mouth marketing mm. or referrals and what have you. And the best way to do that is to become a specialist. Mm. And when we say, I mean, and that's the thing, it's specialist sounds kind of scary. Because it's like, you, you know, we've got become really, really narrow, but you've got to think that it doesn't, you can specialize without being like super narrow because it could be a an age range or what have you. It doesn't have to be, just that all you make is tempura bronze. Mm. Uh, if you kind of get that there, then people will look for you. 
and they will look to speak to you about your problem. I mean, I had a guy in last night because I'm still in that transition mode, and he's been <laughs> he stopped me on Facebook for about three years and work things. He's in the army, so it's taken him that long to get to the point where he'd come in and see me. But he's come in and see me as a result of basically dialing in that message and resonating with him that he's now a because he's now back home permanently, he's able to come in. Mm -hmm. uh, but that comes from getting clarity in who it is you want to work with. And, and I think sometimes we can be so disparaging about the Dr. Google and that patients are, I mean, see it on LinkedIn, people are really disparaging about and frustrated that patients are, you know, going to Dr. Google to try and self-diagnose and solve their problems. But in many ways, that just confirms how people are trying to take responsibility for their health mm -hmm. and are searching for their problem. So if you could start showing up, giving them the answers that they're looking for, it's it. they're just confirming that they are doing the searches very specifically for their symptoms and their pathology mm -hmm. to try and figure out what to do. Yep, totally. I mean, it's it can be tricky to sort of appear in the searches uh, but if you're advertising on Google and you get, you've got your niche nailed down and your wording in your Google ad is targeted quite specifically, you will pick up hot leads like nobody's business because you're going to, it's going to set you up there. Once they start typing that in, you're going to come in, they're going to see your advert and they're much more likely to, to come in. The sort of Facebook side of it is slightly different where what you've got to think of then is that they're not sitting there looking for somebody to help them with their problem. But if they see a story as they're scrolling through Facebook that slaps them about the face in terms of, wow, you know, they get me, they get my problem, which doesn't come from talking about physiotherapy. It comes from talking about their problems and, you know, them suddenly going... Man, they get me. And you're not trying to sell your services at that point in time. You're just trying to get them into your world. You appear there. It might take a few goes before they even give you your details. Uh, but that, again, just comes from narrowing down your message, getting really clear or getting clear on it, and then just keep on repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. I mean, not the same thing, but repeating that message over and over again, putting it into different context. And crafting that story in a sense about your clinic and how your clinic can help them achieve their goals. I always like to call them sort of their big scary goals because of this idea that, and you'll know yourself, when you sit down and talk to somebody, what is it you'd like to achieve? Well, I'll just not be in pain anymore. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what you want. That's the easy option, you know, we can get you to not being in pain quite quickly. What is it you really want to achieve? If you can sort of get that out of them and speak to enough people, then it may, again, if you, because you're going to have worked with a few of your ideal clients, that then becomes, makes it easier to craft that, that story for people and, and how they can then see again that your clinic totally gets them as this methodology that will take them from where they are now, as I keep saying, to this point whereby they can achieve their, their dreams. Mm -hmm. And 
you keep seeing that kind of aspects of it repeated in your message all the time. Uh, like I say, it does sound boring because it sounds like you're repeating yourself all the time, but there's so many ways of talking about it. And as uh, you know, we've mentioned before, you know, you can use everything from just playing with your own kids, you know, films you've seen, all these things can go into making, certainly when it comes to email, the email side of things, these all go into your, your sort of idea generation. To I think what I'm hearing you describing very much is when you're doing storytelling, the, the, the client is the hero of their story. Yes. You are not the hero of their story. They are the hero of the story. They're Cinderella. They're the ones that you're taking from A to B. You're the fairy godmother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, that's guy. perfect. Perfectly. That is essentially it. You are, you are the fairy godmother in the story. I mean, it is the sort of classic hero's journey that you're storytelling as old as time. And that's what you're doing all the time. Or aspects of it. You're taking little chunks out of it and showing them how they can go from here, you know, Homer and the Iliad. Yeah. Repeat. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where that's where films are great in terms of coming up with content and because I mean there are all variations of it in some respects. And once you kind of know your audience, you can include them all the time. And the other thing is knowing yourself. Because this is the other thing that I think people miss out on is they're they're never themselves. They're this clinician. And again, that's a problem because people buy from people. They don't buy from businesses. And the clinician version of you is a business. That's why you want to actually include stuff from your family. All the stuff that you think is really boring isn't. It makes you a person and makes you real, relatable to. And it's the kind of thing that then, you know, you can, you, you build that know, like, and trust so much faster by being a real person and just talking about things you've done rather than constantly talking about clinical things, that we say. Mm-hmm. But if you if you just most the ninety nine percent of your email, if you know, should be humorous to some extent. I mean, I'm not saying like laugh out loud funny, but it should be relatively light hearted. Uh, even when you're coming to the point of selling things, and that's the other thing is like people, you know, I'm a clinician. No, no, you're you're a salesman. I'm sorry. Bottom line, you run a business, you're a salesman. Uh, but even when you're doing that, it you don't need to be serious. You know, unless that is you, don't get me wrong. It's like, you know, if you're, <laughs> if you are that person, then no disrespect, that's fine. Uh, but be you and don't be afraid to be you. Uh, because if you're not being you, it'll come across in everything that you say and do and write. And then there'll be this disconnect when the person comes in and they'll be like, who is this person? That's not. And it doesn't, I suppose it's slightly different when we're talking about a multi-practitioner clinic, but it's very, very important if you're a solo practitioner that you've got to stick to who you are and let your, really just let your personality out. But even if it is a multi-practitioner clinic, if you are still practicing rather than just running the clinic, then 
get it's so important just to allow your personality to basically get out there and be sort of who the people are buying from i would say is the thing that people miss out on the most is or not it's one of the big three shall we say of not letting the personality flood out so so if you could summarize this conversation colin for the clinic owner who's struggling where to start with their marketing activity what would be your top tips get clarity on who you want to work with really you know have a you know have a really good sit down and think about who you've had the most fun with in terms of who you you've worked with over the past you know several years. Start looking for patterns within that. That's going to give you a good indicator as to probably where you should be aiming to work with. Then craft your message around that. Like I say, this idea that you you help this person and it is one person you help this person achieve this whilst avoiding the classic pitfalls so that they can achieve, let's say, whatever it is their big dream is. Whatever, I mean, I'd make it a proper, you know, not get out of pain. Everybody, out there, getting out of pain is like selling physiotherapy. Everybody's doing it. So you need to give them a proper goal, you know. So look at that. Who, what's the common thread between these people that you like working with and what they want to achieve? And tie that into your message in terms of you help this person achieve this, and avoid by avoiding, or it's by, by by avoiding these classic pitfalls. Uh, and if you happen to come up with a method that you do it with, even better still. And that's not essential, but it can be really useful in terms of your marketing. Then once you've done that, really, in, this was this is two pronged, so it's part of the same thing. One, when it comes to getting people in, start looking at your advertising from the point of view of more about bringing people into your worlds rather than into your clinic. So, but you want to give away something of real value, something that you, you, in theory, you would think people would pay for, not some old generic piece of rubbish, uh, something really valuable because people are so much more savvy these days than even five years ago. Collect your emails, get a welcome sequence written. If you've not got a, a something like Active Campaign, MailChimp, or what have you, get something like that. Have it set up so that it all connects up. They get the download. They get an automation that comes out that really kind of blows them away. That not only are they getting this amazing download, they're getting like a, a sequence of emails that's providing even more value. And then keep emailing that list once or twice a week and then if you you should be emailing your your current client uh, your past clients customers patients whatever as well that and but that can all can essentially that can all be one thing and i think i think that's i've probably covered three there in, in the sort of <laughs> wonderful thank you Colin. so if people would like to hear more from you how can they do that probably the best place to look is on linkedin uh, that's where i Post content Monday to Friday generally, tips on email marketing, Facebook ads, what have you specifically designed for clinic owners. Uh, it's not specific to physios or what have you. It's, it's just really if you are a clinician and you want to learn how to market your practice better and more effectively through Facebook and uh, emails, there's loads of 
daily bits and pieces on there. Uh, or you can contact me at yeah, my email address is colingordon.org. Wonderful. Thank you very, very much for your time and your insight. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast valuable, here are four ways I can help you grow your practice for free. Firstly, visit www.marklandmethod.com forward slash grow. There you'll find access to the free Profit Without Pills program. You'll also have opportunity to register for the free web class, the triage call, and you'll be able to sign up for the weekly email newsletter where you get hints and tips on how to create a profitable, sustainable practice. And finally, please leave a five-star review so I can get access to influential people and speakers and bring them here so that they can share their lessons with you.